Welcome to the Community Builder Podcast. The world is our classroom, and every moment is an opportunity to understand human connection at a newer level. On this podcast, we'll explore the minds of active community builders as they strive to leave their imprint on the world. Travis King. Let's build. Before we get started, we would like to thank our sponsor, Cruise Control Music, the ultimate audio branding experience. Cruise Control Music creates custom, authentic sounds and music to showcase your brand identity and is a direct reflection of your vision, goals, and values. If you're looking to start or level up your podcast experience, log on to cruisecontrolmusic.com. Um, so yeah, uh, one, thanks for, you know, hopping on with me and um, make me, making the time to speak again. I'm super excited to chat with you. Um, I took a, another look at some of the questions that we went over. And um, I'm just also like just super excited. Like, there's been a lot of um, there's been a lot of like discussions, like at least that I've been having about some of the like importance. Like I was speaking with one woman yesterday um, who runs a community and she's been embedded in the WordPress community for I don't know. I don't know, like maybe 10 years or something like that. Like she's like a community Mm -hmm. OG. And she was like, Travis, there's not a podcast for community building. And I was like, (laughs) uh, really? She goes, yeah. Like, thanks so much for like taking this on. And like, again, in my head, this is just like this little like research project that, you know, is adding value from both ends, right? Like collaborating and, um, creating content together. And in her eyes, it's like, thank you for putting this community podcast out into the world. And I'm like, oh, wow. Like, this is way bigger than I would think coming from her. And like, I didn't expect that. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, we're, we're a community of community builders. So definitely the more we can do to, to talk about and share our, share our best practices and our programs, the better. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And um, I love that as well. And also like another, I guess a couple of quick things before we kind of like jump into um, your, so one being that, like, so you, the questions that you, I just double check, I know you mentioned via email that the questions are fine, but just want to double check mm-hmm. again, um, were those good for you or is there any other th- things that might've popped up during talks today or um, that you've been top of mind that you like either want to talk about, riff about with, or um, anything like that, that's, that wasn't on the question list? Uh, um, you know, I, I don't like having any prepared notes or anything like that. So I think, uh, the topics that that, I, that we talked about before that we see on the list, uh, they look great to me. Um, I think we'll we'll kind of see where the conversation leads us. Cool. So that's super helpful. Um, great. So I guess would you um, introduce yourself to our listeners and kind of let them know a little bit of context about who you are, what you're up to over at Box, and then also. Um, I guess like, some of the things that you mentioned about like why you decided to, you know, speak with me today. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, so my name is Scott Dodds. I'm a head of community at Box. Uh, I've been been here for a little over two years. Um, and I've been working with sort of B2B online communities and customer engagement for probably over a decade. Um, so, yeah, and I'm, I'm, like I said, just really excited about 
get to talk with other community practitioners and share best practices. And because for such a uh, collaborative type of role, uh, I feel like you know we could be doing more with our with our fellow uh, community builders. Awesome. And I love that what you said about um, doing more with our fellow community builders. Do you ever feel like there's a sense of like loneliness, like at the at the leadership level? Um, I feel like I've heard it before. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely a a, um, a challenge when you're kind of bringing something new, because effectively what you're doing is you're bringing something new into a culture, a new way of interacting with in my case, your customers. Um, you know, a lot of people are very, um, very used to, you know, can, you know, what marketing does and people are very used to what sales does and, and even what um, customer success, although that's, you know, still a relatively new role within, um, at least within, you know, cloud, cloud services and software as a service uh, businesses. But, you know, when you think about the, the question always comes up is where does community kind of fit into that? And, uh, you know, there's a lot of different answers, but I think that the core underlying piece of it is that, well, community should really be permeating all of that. You know, it, it's like you don't take your, um, uh, like your, your uh, phone system and you say, well, you know, this is the phone system that we have for our, you know, customer success team. And this is the phone system that we have for our marketing team. And this is the phone system that our product teams can use. I mean, this is, and, and these are like, we don't, you don't have like, these are, this is product man or excuse me, project management as a discipline that happens within uh, um, like sales. This is product management that happens in support. I mean, obviously there are differences and nuances there, but the overall discipline and the practice of collaborating and working with others and communicating is really one that permeates. The difference here is that community is a, um, it's it's relatively new to an organization, and the concept of communicating sort of in mass is not one that necessarily fits into most people's experience. Most people don't have experience uh, communicating. Sorry, someone's birthday, and they're going on a, um, <laughs> a fun little, right? And I'm like, I'm such an ass. I'm over here. I'm like, I'm recording a podcast, guys. And they're just like, and I'm, and then. But you know, that's. I mean, we can riff off that. I mean, the the concept of you know people socially getting together and celebrating someone's birthday is also this kind of it's a it's a, a, a collaborative you know kind of community event that people think about, but they don't think about how to apply that kind of same kind of working together in a group or with a large group. In my in my case, you know, with hundreds of thousands of people. Um, in a uh, in a in a kind of broader context, you know, the people who really do this most often are people who run like large events and shows, um, people who do um, like moderated panels and things like that. But the idea of taking that kind of interaction into an online space is still a little little foreign to most people's experience. And when it's foreign to their experience, they have a hard time building a mental model to apply it to what they do. Right. And I so, think that's so important. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, I, I'll talk as long as you let me. But um, <laughs> the only I just kind of bring it back. That's why I think community and community uh, practitioners and managers all play such an important role, because uh, not only are we there to, like, you know, help 
you know, our customers kind of engage and find the right things that they need. Our community members do that. But it's also about looking inward and helping our internal audience uh, to engage better with our customers. So we kind of play that nice moderator. I mean moderator in the sense of like panel moderator mode versus, you know, the moderator that you typically think of in online forums, so, you know, with the band hammer and stuff like that. Right. And I love what you said about the the idea of like being a moderator. I know um, during our, some of our conversations, the idea of like this, uh, you know, this community builder being this concierge, this person, you know, this moderator that's, you know, having different people have conversations that help towards um, help move them towards a collective purpose. And you mentioned like once you get this, it's kind of like everything starts to flow in a sense. Um, yeah. And I'd love to talk a little bit more about that or hear your insights yeah. or, or more on that. No, absolutely. Um, and again, I, I do think it's really kind of central to understanding the core of what what communities are and what moderation is. A lot of people, when they again, when they think of moderators, they especially online moderators, you think of the guy who or the, or the, the person who's going and. Uh, deciding who who's going to get banned, you know, who's not doing what they should be doing, and who's doing the wrong things and correcting that behavior. But the problem with that approach is it's very, you know, um, antagonistic. Uh, so, but the reality is, is you you should be thinking of it in terms of how do I help this group of people get together and achieve, you know, their goals hopefully towards a common purpose. And, and if you kind of think about it in that way, I mean, that's why I think I like the concierge uh, kind of model or mental model. So when you go to a hotel, you know, concierge, he's not necessarily the one who, you know, gets you registered or take your bags or, or, or you know, get your mail uh, mailed or pick up your dry cleaning. But they're the person who makes sure that, you know, you're, all those things are kind of ha- able to happen and you're able to be successful. Uh, I need to get, you know, matinee tickets for, you know, my family. Uh, you might go to the concierge and, and they'll help you out. They, they might, you know, depending on the level of service that they're, you know, equipped to provide, they might actually like kind of get you to a, 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 a kiosk or agent uh, to help you kind of set that up. Uh, they might direct you over to um, an, uh, a specific person who's assigned to do that, or they might like point you towards the, the best location to, you know, for a ticket master or some other kind of product. Um, the concierge is there not necessarily to solve your problem, but to help you get it solved. And it's you know, helping you get to the right answer, the right place, the right thing that needs to, in order for you to get, get what you need to get done. And I think that's, true in community as well. When you're, when you're doing a good job of moderation and community management, you're helping the members in your community be successful. You're helping, uh, and that includes, again, both your external members, your customers, or your you know, internal company members. So for a community, especially an online community, to really be successful in a B2B context, you have to solve both sides of that equation. Your customers have to be finding value and getting success and their answer or whatever it is that they're looking for from the community. And your business must be getting success and must be getting uh, the, the things that they need out of that community. For both of those two to be successful is, is what it takes for your community program to be successful. So when you put yourself in that position, and you understand, okay, this person who is coming on the community and maybe is really 
uh, angry, they're incensed, they're, you know, they're flaming the boards or something like that, recognizing that, hey, this person's got something that they, they want to, to accomplish. They're, you know, they've got a, their reason that they're here and they're complaining, they're shouting. Number one, they care. They, if they didn't care, you know, if it wasn't worth it to them, they wouldn't even bother. It takes effort to actually go to your community and make that kind of a complaint. If you engage with them in a positive way, you know, to kind of say, hey, uh, understand you're, you're trying to solve this problem. You, you may not be able to solve it. Let's, let's be upfront. You know, if they're, if they're complaining about your product and there's something wrong with it that doesn't work for them, sometimes you can solve it. Sometimes the product doesn't work that way. Um, but if you can engage them in a positive way, hey, Jens is, you know, it's obviously very important to you. Can you give me a little bit more detail, kind of help them try and track down of what it is they're really trying to achieve? Uh, you might then be able to understand that, oh, they're trying to accomplish this. And you can engage with other members of the community to help try and solve that or engage with your internal audience, your, your product teams in this case, to say, hey, here's a, here's a feature that this particular customer is kind of interested in. Now, doesn't mean that, again, you're not, you may not be, you know, guaranteeing you're going to build that next, uh, next feature right into your product. But you are kind of accomplishing something for them. The person came on here in one sense to be heard. So if you are able to respond positively, listen and understand what it is that they, they want, and then get that to the team that might be able to do something about it, that's accomplishing quite a bit. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, they may not, you may, they may not get what they exactly wanted um, in that you know, do this feature thing that they wanted to do, but they have um, been able to be heard and able to get the information to someone who might do something about it. Yeah, that's, that's really more than what we can expect from many of our companies today, but we should be expecting that kind of thing, and I think communities can help us get there. Yeah, I, I I love that. And also it reminds me of the um something else we talked about last time, uh, which was the the idea of warts. Um so for for some of the people out there, I guess could you share your point of view on like what warts are, um, why they are important to communities and why they're important to people, um, just in general. Uh yeah, I mean that's yeah, right. So when when I did warts, you know, it's the the uh the things that you know are your your product doesn't do well or your business doesn't do well at um, that it's those kinds of um, rough edges uh, of of your company and and we all have them everybody has you know something that they may not excel at um, and you know I guess the idea is that no one, no person and therefore no company and no product is perfect um, so if you recognize that as a starting point. Uh, and you can take feedback with 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 what it is in that it's an opportunity to improve. Um, and people complain about warts not because you know it's it, this is the thing that is destroying their life or whatever or that they they hate the product or, or can never do it, but it's because they care. They they want to be successful with your product. They want to do do these things with your company. Um, but because of these rough edges, they're not able to, uh, or they're not able to do it as, as well as they'd like. So them coming and telling you about that is not a bad thing. And that, you know, especially again, if you if you're if you're afraid that someone will tell you bad things about your product, especially if they're bad things that you probably already know, 
uh, you know, the first reaction is, oh, we don't want to hear it. We already know that that, that part's bad. We don't want to hear it. We don't want to advertise it. But I think that that's a, uh, a missed opportunity to engage. And um, in, in my line, and, I, and I, this may not be true in every line of business and in, in every organization, but in the, the work that I do and the companies that I'm with, it's generally um, what drives your business forward is people actually using your products at, the, at its most base level. If people aren't right. using your products, then you know they're not they're not buying them again. They're not repurchasing, renewing, whatever, and then you know you're you're losing a customer. So the opportunity to engage with those customers who are experiencing trouble or rough patches with your product is is almost a godsend. These are things that people can come to us and tell us about their experience in a way that we can kind of engage with them on. And again, you can't always do everything. Um, you have to, yeah, like any business, you have to prioritize. Like any organization, you have to prioritize what it is that you're going to do. But even the fact of like, hey, thank you for, well, number one, thank you for letting us know about this. This obviously is important to you. Um, I would like to, you know, as a company, I would like to get this to the people who can possibly listen and, and, and maybe do something about it. Um, now, it's not to say, though, that, you, again, you can't do everything. And I think it's, it's very important to remember that even the people that really care and are really enthusiastic are not always your target market. So there is that balancing act. It's like people who come in and who, who have complaints about your product or using your product, sometimes it's because your product's not designed to do that thing. Uh, and that's known and it's expected and it's not something you're going to do. I think you can still engage and be honest and upfront about it. And at least people will then kind of, one, know that you heard them and you understood it and that you respectfully made a decision. Uh, and then they can make a decision, you know, whether to you continue using your that product in that way while recognizing that it's not going to improve or perhaps find another solution. And I think those kinds of uh, interactions can all be very positive. Um, so it's important that when you engage from the sense of, I'm trying to help people be successful, I'm trying, and some of the ways you can help them be successful is to help them make good decisions about how to use your product. Um, but it's, it's those people who know these rough edges, though, and who tell you about them are such a valuable resource because there's no other way that you can improve. Um, you can, you know, we obviously build and design things to work in a way that we think works. But it's not until, you ask any product manager, it's not until that product gets in front of a customer and they're trying to use it in some way that you really find out how well it works. And, you know, we're not going to get it right the first time. We're not going to get it right, you know, a couple of times. And we have to keep iterating and improving and, and making it better. And the best way to do that is to get the feedback. And if we are not um, engaging with people who do give us the feedback, then we're not really... Um, we're not really taking advantage of that opportunity. Yeah, I think that's really important too, especially as um, as I talk with more and more people about like just being completely transparent and honest about the things that they don't want to talk about. Um, and I think yeah. that's super important, just even in human relationships to like tell your significant other or to tell your friend like that something is on your mind and like to not be offended that you're bringing up something that like you think needs to be discussed. I think that's something that um, people hesitate with. 
Mm-hmm. And I even myself find myself times find times where I'm like, wow, do I really want to bring this up right now? And is so-and-so mm-hmm. going to give me an awkward look if I do? But at the end of the day, like, know that I'm going to get to this conversation two weeks from now or two months from now if I don't bring it up right now. Um, mm-hmm. So I think it's just important to remember, not just in, you know, in our companies that we work at, right? Like, yes, products work, products fail, products succeed, all those beautiful things. But like, even at the fundamental of the fundamental level of being a human, like, it's okay to bring up warts to people and like, sh- like tell them what's on your mind and um, actually talk through that stuff. So I love that you tied it back into business as well. Yeah, and that's, it's not to say that we like you know, seek out the words in our own product and just like posting about them and asking people for feedback. Although I've seen that, I've seen some people do that in some ways, but certainly if someone brings something to you, recognize that it's important to them, important enough that they took the time to tell you about it. And that's, and think about the last time you told someone else something that you felt about product or the service or whatever, and how many times you just walked away and were just dissatisfied and unhappy with the experience. The fact that someone came and said something is so valuable and that we can then take that and respond to it is, is, is in many ways, the very least we could do. Right. Uh, yeah. There's just value in just that trend in that like, exchange of like negative feedback and like learning like literally that's what happens um it's funny that people package it yeah but i think you also said something else really 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 important which i uh, we we miss all the time especially when we get into business and organizations and technology is that it's really people and people it's people using Mm -hmm. products that other people have built um, you know, I'm not, you know, there's not this like mythical faceless customer or user who's using, using my products. There's not this mythical, you know, technology company that built something. People build these things and people use them. And the act of bringing these people together to talk about them in a conversation is, is huge. And I, I think that there's some, there's some discomfort there uh, because people aren't used to that. Um, you know, especially, uh, you know, think about, you know, the discomfort that you get sometimes just going into a crowd of people who you don't know. And yet, you know, there are some people that you want to engage with or connect with or whatever. There's, there's discomfort there. And sometimes putting a kind of a, a bit of a barrier between you and that other person is, is a way of, of kind of having some defense against it. But there's, you know, it's, that act of you know putting distance between people is what really kinds of creates the dissatisfaction on both sides. Um, and then once, but once you can start to talk and listen and engage and have conversations, uh, people are willing to both say things that they might not have said, and you know to the to benefit and to a positive outcome, but also understand something they hadn't before. And I think that works both ways. Um, a customer can, if they're talking to a person, they think the person has actually heard them, can say, oh, you know what, I hadn't considered that before, and I can understand. I may not agree with it, the decision that you made, but at least I can understand why you made it. You're not arbitrary. You're not capricious. You're not doing this just to make me unhappy. Um, and I think that's a piece that we, we neglect, and I think the community can kind of help bridge that gap. Yeah, I think that's really important to um, 
like to understand again, like everybody is human. Like we are literally doing all this together. Um, and it's super fascinating to me, just like stepping back for a second and think about the fact that there are literally, I don't know, 10,000 plus different sorts of like events happening daily where people literally leave where they live, go to this place and talk about a thing that was built by someone else who they probably don't even know, but they're so passionate that they do this twice a month. That is mind blowing to me. Yeah. Just that in of itself. And it's, it's really funny because um, I feel like, like there's a lot to be said about like the value of connecting people with something that's, that's so intangible, but yet so valuable at the same time. Like there's something to be like said there and the value, but I, I feel like it's, it's, I feel like it's starting to be surfaced a little bit, but I feel like nobody can, no one has yet, at least that I've come across to really drive home the like impact of connecting people to people for some sort of result or outcome. Um, I think that when that happens, I think it's going to be a really fascinating time. Um, not just for like the community world, but like just for people in general, right? Like to know that like going to this like thing that you met some person who lives in your neighborhood, who also likes going to this coffee place and now you become best friends and now they're in your wedding. Like this happened because you randomly met up about this thing, which I think is it's not yet like, no, that, that's like further down the line, futuristic thoughts. <laughs> um, but it's well, like one of those think- things that like, Good. Yeah, I think that that happens though. I think I, I you know, I, I haven't, I, I've heard, I heard telltales of people who meet online and, and discuss things and get get involved and passionate about it, and then, you know, connect in real life and connect and, and go on and have deeper relationships. That 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 happens today. Um, where I think in in my world in particular, I think you know it, it varies in different kinds of communities, but in, in like a. Uh, uh, B2B in particular environment, um, people kind of, you know, scoff a little bit about, oh, well, yeah, of course they're going to bond over, you know, the, their, their, their shared interest in stranger things or whatever, you know, uh, uh, entertainment or other kind of, uh, uh cultural events they're doing. Um, but, you know, are they going to bond like that over my product? And, and people are sort of dismissive about it. Um, but I think it's, uh, and in fact, you know, a long time ago when I was first getting into like online community and stuff, I kind of, you know, felt the same thing. It's like, oh, yeah, I can understand why people would want to kind of connect and help solve problems about technical things and other stuff. But, yeah, I don't know that this is for everybody. The thing that really changed my mind is I, is I ended up working with uh, some folks over at uh, FICO, uh, you know, the credit score folks, and they had a community. And their online community, and they still have one today. It's just very popular, very, very uh, successful. Um, but they were engaging, you know, they had people engaging about, you know, financial things and credit scores and things like that. And they were really passionate about it. And they were really starting to engage. Now, I don't know if any of them, like, connected and got married. But they were certainly, you know, very much engaged. And they, you know, attended, you know, uh, user conferences and other kinds of things. And they... Um, we're very passionate about it. And I think that's the key. And, and for them, if you kind of like dove, dove deeper and peeled back the onion a bit, it was because they were very passionate about 
uh, financial stability and you know, uh, you know security and things like that. And there, there were like very much things that affected them in in uh, very strong ways in their personal lives. But you know, if you can think about some like you know, <laughs> admittedly as dry as as, a, as your FICO credit score can be, it has a meaning and it has an impact. It has value. Um, and you can tie into that. You can see how that value can can touch someone on a personal level. Then you can see how they can become passionate about it. And I think there's many things that are like that in our lives. And we come we become passionate about like these these hunks of metal that sit in front of us that we type into all day. It's you know it's a machine, and we we you know uh, some things happen on it. But our experience with it. It's such that we have like these huge avid followings of like companies like Apple because of our experience with that machine that they built. Uh, and Apple would you know, probably be very unhappy with me calling it a machine because for them it's an experience and, and, and a brand and everything else. But you know, think about that and think about what you do that impacts people's lives and how your community kind of reflects that shared purpose. Uh, how can we make people's lives better through this thing? Um, and that's the passion that you can tap into and that you can help people to achieve. And once, you, once you've reached that point where you really are trying to help people to achieve this hopefully shared passion, and you, then you really have a community of uh, an active and engaged community because that's what's bringing everybody together. That's community in not the like online sense of the word, but in the like, you know, the formal, you know, sociological, sociological, you know, uh, meaning of that term. Right. Like belonging and acceptedness mm-hmm. and all like the, the, the fluff that doesn't, it doesn't have direct value to people, but it's definitely things that you can feel in sense. Yeah. It's not, it's not the business value that I can sell, but it's definitely the, the, personal value that that is that gets to the heart of what you know connects people to each other right i mean i think there's something interesting in what you just said about the business value and the personal value what mm-hmm. is it i mean is it separate to be honest because i have this this theory that i haven't shared yet but i'm gonna share it and it's that like at the end of the day like the way that i view community is at least from the business standpoint, um, like a business point of view, is that like these companies are creating these cool things for people to play with out in the world. And I'm just like imagining all of these, you know, enterprises giving adults playgrounds to just go have fun and do whatever they're passionate about. You like <laughs> virtualization, you go there and you go play with that thing at this place. Oh, you like hiking? You go do this, you know, hiking thing with these hiking boots and this water pack. Oh, you like knitting? You go to that knitting thing. Um, and it literally is just giving people a place to play. And at the like, does it really like, w- do we ever have to have this like business value versus personal value when like at the end of the day, it's like the humans are the people, which means it's all personal at the end of the day. You know what I mean? I do, um, but I also I think that there are different contexts and different languages that we use in, in those contexts. And in a business context, the language is about impacts, value, money, return on investment. And those have very discrete meanings within those contexts. And I, I think maybe it's a matter of being able to translate 
the value that you see from a personal perspective into that you know, uh, other language of of impacts and dollars and other kinds of things. I, I I see where you're going with it, but I do believe that there is a you have to bridge that gap. Um, and I think that you know, if you were to talk to maybe the CEO, yeah, yeah, he's like absolutely. People, the things that people do with our products are changing their lives, and it's really passionate and whatever. But I also think if you're talking to the CFO, who's going to be justifying your your budget, your program, he's like, yeah, that's great. Um, what kind of money is it going to make for us? At the end of the day, you have to be successful in both. Right. And I think you also touched on this, actually. No, I love that that point of view because it's, it's super helpful mm-hmm. and insightful. And I think you also touched on the notion of, um, I think it was cash or like the, the, the power that like having um, like revenue, like you need to be able to sustain your um, like what you're doing. Right. Like even just like a typical going back to like the very um, early days of community, like getting food, getting water, making shelter, like you need mm-hmm. to be able to sustain that for a certain number of people in order to literally survive. Um, so I guess, could you speak a little bit to like either some of the challenges that you've experienced with, um, you know, sustainability in a community and like fighting for a budget or, cause I, I know that like in talking with community builders who are just starting out with like very small teams, it's like, well, how are we supposed to make a case for, you know, building resources or getting a budget to like run these communities. Like, could you talk a little bit to that? Sure. I mean, it's, it's kind of interesting you bring it up because I, I'm getting again flashbacks to sociology class about the the components of, of community and survival. You have to have shelter. You have to be secure. You have to have food. You know, those kinds of things. And mm-hmm. I think you know the metaphor is a little is pretty apt. You have to have. You have to have a place. In order to build that place, you have to have, you know, fuel or money to kind of keep it going and, and keep it secure and keep it all these things. Um, how you how you get that, um, you know, is, is where maybe the metaphor breaks down a little bit. But um, it is, I think, going back to the like, are you able to translate? the personal value that people are seeing into that business value. Are you able to match both sides of the equation? Can I, can I build a community that works and is very, very uh, valuable to our customers while at the same time is providing value to our, to our business users? Um, and I think that on the customer side and the member side of the community, the biggest fuel that you get is activity. It's people at the end of the day. Um, online communities in particular uh, are a numbers game. Uh, it's about getting, it's meant, it's about, you know, bringing in uh, enough people and ha- seeing enough activity that, you, excuse me, that you can then uh, bring in more people. Because people want, you know, <laughs> it's funny, I always get you know, people say, well, if we just like publish a lot of content, uh, that's, that's probably, you know, sufficient, right? It's like, well, except that you can have all the content in the world, and that's, that's called a knowledge base. Um, but if you <laughs> a question to your knowledge base, necessarily. They post a question where they think people are going to give an answer. And you, and in fact, I see this all the time. You end up having like, you'll have like maybe a, an online community that has lots of different forums and whatever. And guarantee that the most posts will end up going to the place that already has a lot of activity. Usually the one on top where people see it first and they see that there's uh, the most recent posts that happened there. People, and regardless of what the topic is, the main the main topic, you know, maybe uh, how do I, um, you know, how do I sync my content? Whereas, you know, lower down, you may have like how do I update my billing information? 
uh, people may go into the uh, the first forum and post, you know, I need to update my billing information and I can't figure out how to do it because they see that's where all the posts and activity are. You post a question where you think you're going to get an answer. That's pretty simple. But if people, so I post where I think I see people who are answering questions. And, you know, the topic, uh, you know, is, is almost the secondary thing. Am I going to get the right answer? Uh, but the very first thing that has to happen is I need to get an answer. If I don't get an answer at all, then I have no point in posting. So on the on the community side, numbers are your fuel. People are your fuel. Activity, visible signs of activity are your fuel. And then I think from there, it also that's the you know, the base level. That's like the basic shelter. But then to kind of make it thriving and exciting and positive, it has to have things like, you know, uh, positive recognition and reinforcement and, and active engagement with you know, people and moderation and other kinds of things, which help to make it a positive experience as well. Um, and escalation in order to get answers back from other things or to get them to the right place to get those answers. On the business side, what they're looking for out of the community is that it solves a business problem. So that's great. You have all these people coming to your community answering questions and doing these other things, but what's it solving for the business? If it's not solving for the, anything for the business, then I could spend those investment dollars somewhere else that will. Now, the reality is, is we probably are solving lots of things for the business, but we have to be able to articulate it. So we have to say, oh, well, because they're answering these questions here in the community, well, we have community members answering these questions. Uh, that's, you know, getting, you know, answers to people that our support team doesn't have to answer. Um, and by the way, because we're answering it once, but, you know, 100 people then saw that answer in the last week. And so we answered, not, you know, with one response in the community, we answered the question 101 times. Um, you know, that's a far better, you know, uh, cost savings than, you know, having 100 people contact your help center for it. Um, so that's why a lot of a lot of communities and business and B2B often start off with a support context because that's the most easy to justify financially. You know, the business can very quickly see, oh yeah, you're solving a question there, I don't have to solve it here, I can save some of those costs or I can use those costs in better ways. Um, but I think the, you know, you can kind of think about that all the different kinds of communities there are too. It's like, well, I'm trying to do a uh, um, uh, sales and marketing kind of community. So, okay, I need to generate, you know, leads and prospects from it. I need to start, start talking about thought leadership and other kinds of things. So you need to be able to track those events. So you need to be able to, you know, show those stories back to the business and, and preferably with numbers behind them. Um, oh, I'm, I'm building a, a, you know, a, a product-oriented community where I'm trying to get feedback and, and, you know, really close that loop on ideas and suggestions from our customers. Okay, so how many, what kinds of ideas am I getting and what features am I improving of the product? What adoption am I getting of those new products because people have been able to engage in the, in the betas? You know, all those kinds of things. Think about what the business problem is you're trying to solve. And usually you can think of a way that a community can solve that at scale for cheaper, better, faster. Um, so that's what I mean when I talk about articulating it for the business. It's what is the pro business problem that your, your company is concerned with and how might engaging with your customers, especially engaging at scale, help solve that problem? The, the hard part about that is usually then, and how do I measure it? <laughs> how do I prove it? Um, so that's when you really have to get into the web analytics side of it and, and tracking and making sure you're you know, not just uh, seeing what's happening on your community, but then tracking it back to an event that happens 
outside like a product or your your uh, marketing pipeline or your case creation or those kinds of things. So it's it's funny that communities often struggle when they sit on that island and they talk about how wonderful the activity is going on in the community, but where they stumble is where I need to tie this back to the business because the business is what supports it and makes it uh, uh, grow, but it, it needs to understand that that investment is is worth it. Yeah, I think that's super interesting. It, it's funny because I was thinking of, um, what was that movie with the soccer ball on the island? Yeah, um, yeah Tom Hanks? Yeah, uh, that movie. Uh, Castaway. Well, Castaway, yep. So I'm totally thinking about Castaway and I had this like interesting revelation where I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is like people building their own Castaway Islands when in reality, like these are like all the organic communities that the organic communities that pop up all over the place. Like, right. Like I'm sure there's a box organic community that started and there's an Amazon one and there's a Microsoft one. And then now it's like, okay, like these companies and these corporations almost in a sense, like have to come in and like rescue them with this like secret mission. It's like, okay, like <laughs> let's actually clean this stuff up. Let's come in there and figure out how we like help you in the best way possible to help you get to where you want to go. Because again, like in the movie, had something not happened, uh, he would still be on that island. You know what I mean? Um, and so I kind of, uh, it's, <laughs> yes, the soccer ball uh, that had hair and had a face. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's funny that to say that, but like, think about like, when I like actually put those two in a comparison, I'm like, oh my gosh, like they're building this thing. Like they kind of know what it is. They know that they're using like, you know, this technology, but like, wouldn't it be super helpful to have support from the organization that built it? Like, I don't know. I thought that that might make sense, you know? Yeah. Well, and yeah, going back to the island, think, well, what are the things that he needed to start with? Well, he needed, he needed, you know, shelter and he needed food and he needed uh, companionship. He needed uh, someone to connect with and engage with. And I think those are all pieces that you can help build. Um, I think that uh, kind of like to touch a little bit on the, uh, what you mentioned about having organic communities that have kind of grown up. Uh, one of the questions that uh, I remember being asked quite a bit back when I was more on the consulting side of things was, yeah. how do we, you know, what do we do about these? You know, we got customers who are going to these other places, like they built their own community or someone else is doing a community about it in these forums. What should we do when we launch ours? Should we try and like steal their their members or, or how, how should we do this? It's like, I'm like, no, it's, it's not a, the first thing you realize is it's not a zero sum game. Um, it's something that you can engage, engage with as well. And in fact, I often recommend that you would reach out to those folks who have built these, these communities in advance, because in many ways, sometimes those people can actually be your most active and passionate users in your community, the runners, the owners of those communities themselves. So you reach out to them, you engage with them, and you say, hey, we're going to be launching our own you know, forums, but you know, we're certainly not here to com compete. We're here to kind of you know, fill in a, a, what we think is a gap of, of our participation in this broader community that exists across these different platforms. So you know, we just want to know that if, if you run into any issues and you, like, you would like to kind of bring them over to our side, we'd be happy to. And then, Certainly, if there's events and things going on in your community and you think that there might be an appropriate time to promote them on ours, you know, engage with us. We'd love to talk with you about it. But it's community itself is, doesn't have to be a zero-sum game. Your, your, um, 
your community, your the, the, the community that you're running doesn't have to take from somebody else to be successful. And in fact, the more you engage and interact with those groups, the larger your community becomes. It, it, it really is one of those uh, um, sort of thing, areas where you can build off of each other and both people can win. It's a win-win scenario. Yeah, I think that's super important, especially as um, another thing I've also like another common thread from conversations that I've been having with like enterprise specifically community builders is how much mm-hmm. they want to work with each other. Um, so like, I guess like what I guess yeah. what would like a, a beautiful world for you look like being that you're at Box, right? Like what would a beautiful world of like collaborations between like Amazon and Microsoft and even competitors of yours? Like what would that look like to you? Well, I mean, I think, uh, again, for a community to be successful, you still have to do the needs of the business. That's why you might have your own branded community, a place where you can kind of, you know, say a place to engage. But certainly, uh, interacting with like the Amazons and Googles or Microsofts or other folks that are that are partners of uh, of Box or your company, um, you can you can reach out to their communities. And I again, you know, what you don't want to do is it's just, you know, start going there and start posting and start, you know, um, uh, promoting your own community because that's, that's kind of like, you know, you're walking over to someone's house, uh, someone's party and you're saying, Hey guys, what a lovely party. You should check out my party too. It's just right down the block happening right now. You should head on over. That's the last thing you want to do. Um, but there are obviously shared interests in, in many cases with, you know, with our increasingly connected world, shared customers. So, uh, you know, talking, you know, reaching out to the, the owners of that community and saying, hey, I'm, you know, I, I represent, you know, the Box community. We're, we're doing some things there. I know that some of our uh, community members also engage in, in your community. Um, I'm just wondering if there are some opportunities for us to kind of connect. I think that you want to be a little careful about that, especially in the business world, that you're doing that kind of in line with your own you know, business development teams. Um, so that, you know, like you're not stepping on any kind of other agreements or arrangements that have been going on. Human relationships are in many ways, especially when businesses are associated, can be kind of complex. So be a little careful and, and make sure that you're talking to people and communicating. Um, so communicate both inside and then outside as well. So I, but I think oftentimes you can find all these kinds of like, there's, chances are, in fact, if you go to your own business development team first, you can find some joint things that you're already doing with these partners or these, these groups. And you can use that and say, hey, use that as your opportunity to reach out and engage. Hey, uh, I know that our teams are working on this you know, joint project. And again, make sure that your business development team is cool with you engaging because it may be even sensitive information within those companies. So always... Again, respect your own commitments, your own um, your own promises and, and uh, NDAs and things like that. But having that understanding, you can, it's very powerful to go forward and say, "Hey, um, reach out to their business development team. You know, get the uh, business development teams to broker a connection and say, hey, you know, I'm work, I'm representing the community. I'm sure we do this joint thing. Would love to kind of." You know, some of our customers might be really interested in talking about it. Um, maybe it's something that we can do an event on or or or, or uh, collaborate on together. Some of those can be kind of complicated. You see, I've already kind of had to go through business development to business development to other teams and and and, and uh, collaborate to collaborate on that. So some of these relationships can be complicated and, and have contractual elements to it. So that's why sometimes they're harder. 
But it doesn't mean you shouldn't necessarily, you should avoid them altogether. And they can be really powerful, especially to bridge uh, groups of people uh, from your communities that you maybe you didn't have an opportunity to engage with before. So the opportunity to grow both sides. Yeah, I, I love that. And I think that's also another thing. It's like, it's, it's one of those like secret hidden powers because I've also seen, <laughs> um, at least from like the platform side here, that there are multiple teams at companies that use mm-hmm. community. And there are a lot of things in a lot of different ways that I've seen people use, you know, the platform. Um, and so like, I'm definitely, I guess if one last thing to like touch on, it's like how you've seen across business unit um, function or like use cases of community for like a product team or a sales team or a marketing team or a support team or like any sort of like cross uh, team community use cases? Yeah. No, I think um, communities are extremely powerful and sometimes very unique in the, in how they cross silos so quickly. Um, within organizations. And with organizations, you have these very, the natural um, thing to do is to kind of focus on what your team's mission is and to accomplish it. Um, and other things outside of that mission tend to just distract and, and make you lose focus. Communities, not like that. And often because uh, we are carried along those paths by our customers who don't respect those silos and don't shouldn't respect them. Uh, company, you know, I don't have, a, as a customer myself, I don't have a relationship with uh, a sales organization. I mean, I'm having it with a salesperson, but I, you know, I don't, I could care less about the who's in sales and who's in marketing and who's in product and who's an engineer. Um, it's for me, it's the company and the product that I bought and I want it I want to be successful with it. And uh, if my problem that I'm working on with support actually has something to do with what marketing is doing, yeah, from a customer perspective, I could care less. Uh, it's still something that I want to get done or I want to solve. Um, so on the community side, you're often kind of in that position of coming from voice of the customer kinds of perspectives and saying, hey, here's this is something that we, our customers are, are experiencing a challenge with across these, uh, across these groups and teams. And oftentimes you're in the mode of bringing these groups together to come to have a conversation about it. Um, a, a, but a prime use case or example that I that I've seen multiple times or things like this happening uh, is is those natural places where teams come you know come together, but often not very well, like beta programs. Uh, a beta program is actually a really interesting type of thing because you're bringing in obviously your your engineering and your product teams but your product marketing teams are often very heavily involved and marketing teams are involved Uh, sales and customer success might be involved so they're bringing customers specific customers into those betas your support team has to excuse me know how to support it Uh, your compliance and legal team are often involved in setting up language and terms and everything like that so there, I mean, and there, you just name it. When you're bringing a new product to to market, a new feature, a new something, there's a lot of different people that all of a sudden have to work together in ways that that aren't like clear cut in stone. Especially if it's such a brand new uh, product that is really changing how you know people are working together. Um, those kinds of beta programs, if you can facilitate you know the engagement of those on the community, 
you can also start bringing the customer into that context. So once now that I've got the customer in and potentially talking to support, talking to uh, product teams, talking to engineers, talking to product marketers, uh, talking to uh, maybe folks on the sales team who might be taking the benefits and learnings from these things back to their uh, go-to-market teams. I mean, find those areas, those use cases that are um, that naturally cross silos and find out how community can help bring those together. And I think those are can be really, really powerful. And you get a lot of, uh, at the very least, you'll get a lot of people, you know, learning about that. I won't, I won't say that they're not frustrating because, again, you're trying to overcome a lot of uh, uh, you know, organizational momentum with some of these silos that these people aren't naturally necessarily working together on. But if you can kind of help them. Uh, uh, do that and bridge that gap and connect them with the customer and include the customer in that process, uh, then then you're definitely going to learn some really important things and hopefully grow and improve that experience as you go. Totally. Love that. I think that's a, um, a perfect place for us to kind of start wrapping stuff up because I, I saw that we had a couple minutes left and I also want to be conscious of your time. Um, because I know it's, 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 that's one thing we don't get back is the time. And so I want to make sure that <laughs> I, we do have these conversations that we stick to what the calendar invite tells us. Yeah. No, I, I appreciate it. Uh, I could certainly feel like I could talk about these kinds of things forever if they let me. Um, uh, but right? yeah, I feel uh, the same way. I know. But uh, I love I love to talk shop. Um, but, but yeah, you know, we, we have limited time in the day. But I, I really thank you for, for putting this together. I think that this is this is. You know, it's very powerful for the different teams to start, you know, the practitioners of the community to start working on these t- problems together and sharing the success stories. So I think it's really cool that we now have this resource to use that going forward. Of course. And I'm super just I'm just grateful for you, you know, hopping on and sharing your time with me. Um, and also, I'm sure everybody listening is super excited to, you know, just dive in and, and learn more. Um and also just one thing too, kind of more so like just post kind of like conversation, like post episode conversation sort of things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it's like any sort of way that like, cause like one thing I've been trying to do and I don't think I've been doing a great job at it is, is trying to uh, be a soundboard in a way for where like people can um, talk to me. Like, yes, I know that I'm still new and I'm still trying to like kind of find my way in the community world. But one mm-hmm. thing that I have been noticing is that there's a lot like you also said that like this is a great resource so for me i'm like wow how do i make this better and part of that is like how do i like one thing like i have the power to make better is like you said like getting feedback and figuring out ways that uh, we can use it and so like right now i'm not sure if you saw the news but meetup just got a new ceo like literally monday Hmm. i didn't see that wow so yep so we got a new ceo monday um, his name is David Siegel. He came previously, he was at Investopedia and he started literally Monday. And so there's a lot of, just a lot happening. I'm sure you're fairly familiar with like acquisitions and that yeah, sort of yeah. thing and new CEOs and all that. And so like right now there's just like, a, it's just, it's a crazy time, but at the same time, like there's still a lot of opportunity to like work on projects and things and even just have conversations. So one, um, just wanted to open that up to you, even if it's like a 10 or 15 minute conversation, like, Hey, Travis, like I have this idea or thought, like, is this something that mm-hmm. meetup could do? Or, 
Um, I'm looking to solve this problem right now for, you know, your community strategy for the year. Like, do you guys have experience or what sorts of data, like even just perfect example, it's like, Hey, Travis, like what data do you have on X, Y, Z topics or whatever you can think of? Like, feel free to shoot me like an email because these are questions that we're currently like rapidly exploring. And me personally, I'm just trying to like figure out the best ways of how meetup can be helpful to supporting leaders like yourself at these companies. And so for me, I'm like, wow, like if like what things right now is is the priority of Scott's that we could potentially help with that would make his life so much easier. Like, I don't know these things. And so (laughs) the best way I know to find them out is just to ask. Um, And so I just want to like open up that dialogue saying like, Hey, like if there are things that you feel important or if there's any priorities that you would focus on, um, just from like an overall industry standpoint, from being someone that's been in the field for a while, um, or if you even know of like how you would approach this, if you were me, um, totally all ears and would love to chat more about those sorts of things. Sounds good. Um, yeah. And I think for, for folks listening, um, uh, I would just encourage you to you know, reach out to other community practitioners. Uh, you know, at the very least, you know, a lot of the social networks can help with that. Um, you know, LinkedIn is a good, good uh, resource for that as well. Um, and I think most people, you know, as Travis can attest, when asked about you know, community, uh, they're very excited and passionate and want to talk about it. And I think that goes for most of us. Um, I know there's a few organizations out there that also kind of bring, bring different folks together, but there's also a lot of very informal meetups as well. Um, so, you know, take a look, reach out to people, find out what they're, where they're going, what they're connecting with and how they're doing things and, you know, broaden your own community of, of people that you connect with. And I, I think that all of us have uh, that ability to kind of connect and, and reach out. And at least you have a specific reason to do so. And it's, it's not like one of those networking events where you're just kind of walking around and introducing yourself. You know, you've got legitimate questions about practicing. You want to learn about other people's experiences. I think that, you know, that kind of networking can be extremely powerful. And I think that, if anything, community practitioners should know how to do it. <laughs> yeah, that that's definitely so. It's so funny where you're like, oh, my gosh, like you're a community builder, but like what, how do you connect with them? And it's like, well, do what community builders do. Go talk to them. Yeah. Go have me meet up. Yes. Totally. <laughs> well, Scott, thanks so much again for, you know, hopping on with me. And I really appreciate, you know, sharing the microphone with you and super excited to, you know, continue these conversations um, when we both have the opportunities to do so again. And I can't wait Absolutely. till um, we do this again. Yeah, and thanks again for for the opportunity. I, I, I really enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to the Community Builder Podcast. If you received an ounce of value from this podcast, share it with your friends. Oh yeah, don't forget to leave me a five-star review. I need those. Remember, each perfectly laid brick moves you one step closer to building your community. Community.